Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. And I want to read out of Luke chapter 23, verse number 23 says this. But with loud shouts, they in insistently demanded that he be crucified. And this is Jesus standing before the Sanhedrin. He's standing at this moment where the crowds are, are, are coming against him. And, and uh, he says, and then it says, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. Again, prior to this, you have uh, Barabbas and you have Jesus at this uh, sentencing. And they released Barabbas. The people wanted him free, but they wanted Jesus crucified. And um, the Bible says, so Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison uh, for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, put the cross on him, and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and waited for him. And Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. Now, what a statement. I don't have time to unpack that, but man, like, I'm about to die. Don't worry about me. I'm good. I got this. this we're going to handle it. And then he goes on to say, and he says, For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never born, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountain, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For people do not... Uh, for people, for if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Then two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. At the point of crucifixion, he's asking God, his Father, to forgive those that are crucifying him, that they really don't understand your plan, Heavenly Father. And then he says, and they saved other, and they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him, they said. He saved others, let him save himself. If he is God's Messiah, the chosen one, the soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Now this is a man that according to Acts chapter 10, verse number 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. In other words, he went about doing good, and he's being executed for doing good. Now let me keep reading. Then he says this, and they're, and they're mocking him in this moment. And it says, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him, so the one criminal, Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. So they're talking, this is cross talk right here. And they're talking across the crosses. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And, 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 one's, and one's criticizing Jesus, and the other one's saying, hey, you need to shut up. So he rebukes him. And this is what he says. He says, um, he says but the other criminal rebuked him. Don't, don't you fear God, he said since you are under the same sentence, like we're all at the same place. We are punished justly for we getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me 
when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and the darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last breath. And the centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. And when all the people who gathered to witness this, I saw what had took place, they beat their breast and went away. Verse 49 is the point today. But all those who knew him, including the woman who had followed him from, a Gal- from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Stood at a distance watching these things. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a people watcher. I love airports. I love the mall. I love going places, restaurants. I love to go places where I have an opportunity to watch people. Now, I'm an involved kind of guy. I like to get involved. So um, if I see things happening or conversations that I just want to hop in or people that I want to talk to, I kind of analyze, you know, kind of watch people through the mall. You're like, I wonder what that guy's story is all about. why, Why is he running right now? He's probably late. And so I, I watch people. I like to watch their, their mannerisms. I like the way they interact. I, you know, today in society, you go to a restaurant, you just watch families. Most of them are all on their phones looking at their phones these days. But there are occasions where there's interaction going on and people's talking to each other. And, and you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of guy that I like to get involved. I like to get involved in moments. Now, there's, there are people out there that run, that there are those who run to help. Like for me, I'd like to run. I would help. I'll help people. I'll go after whatever it is. And then there are those that, that run to get help. And then there, there's those who run because they ain't no help. But I want to be a kind of person that doesn't live for God from a distance. Uh, the events of the cross that took place because God has given us an opportunity to have a relationship with him. And the, the cross was made of two beams, one vertical and one horizontal. And the, the, the middle beam represents a vertical relationship with God. That we can have a vertical relationship with him. That, that first, that vertical middle beam represents that access to heaven. That when we, were, when we were sinners, the Bible said Jesus died for us. Why did he die for us? Not just to save us, not to get our fire insurance so we don't go to hell. He gave us an opportunity to have a transformed life. That we can live vertically with our Father. That when we pray to Him, that we ask Him, that if we ask anything on this earth, that He'll do it. When we seek Him and we're anxious for nothing, but by everything in prayer and supplication, God will do it. And if we pray according to His will, then He'll do it. What, what did this middle beam represent? That you have access. You don't have to earn it. Come on, somebody. This paid the price for you to have a relationship with your heavenly Father. And then that relationship from your heavenly Father, there is a horizontal beam that talks about that this represents how you interact with others. This represents your relationships. See, and I really believe that if relationships are going to be effective, your vertical relationship must be effective first. That you must, must have been through this middle beam of transformation now we can try to fix behavior all day long, but there has to be a middle beam of transformation that takes place. This day was ordinary. This was an ordinary day. Good Friday. All sorts of people were at the event of this crucifixion. All sorts of people were there. There was, the, there, there was those that were mesmerized and focused on what he did. 
There were the committed that had followed him for many years. There was the uncommitted that, you know, that just like to, to see something that's going on, you know. I was at the Sam's Club yesterday, amen. And uh, they, the George Mason uh, marching band slash something else they were doing out in the parking lot. And I just was mesmerized by it. And I just pulled the car over and I just sat from a distance and watched this thing go on. I thought, man, this was really cool. I wasn't committed to anything. I could just sit back and, and just watch. How many of us live for God that way? Where we just kind of sit back and we watch and we're like, oh yeah, Easter's coming and yeah, Jesus did it for us and uh, you know, but I'm not willing to serve. Come on, somebody. There, there's a commitment piece here. There's, there were those that were uncommitted at this cross. There were those that were broken at this cross. There were the confused people at this cross. There were people at this cross that didn't understand why this was going on. Like, what in the world? This dude just went around making everybody better. And you Pharisees and religious people wanted him crucified. Now, Jesus understood it was a plan. So there was all kinds of people at this event coming Friday. There was, there was all sorts of people. And, and I got to tell you today that the people that stood out to me were the people that watched from a distance. They were watching this man that you couldn't even recognize. The Bible says that when he was beaten with the cat of nine tails, it was like, it was the most horrific beating that you could have. And normally when they executed you, they didn't do both. Normally you would spill your bowels. There's a place on the way as they carried the cross that there's a place called the spilling of the bowels where people would die. They would go through the cat of nine tails and then people would die. Now Jesus didn't. Why? Because he didn't come to half do this thing. He came to go all the way. He didn't come to half, half his way through this. He said, listen, I'm not going to die after the whipping post. I got, a, I got a joy set before me. And it wasn't just the cross. It was people. It was the people that were broken. The people that were, that were surrounding the cross that day. The broken, the uncommitted, the, the confused, the arrogant, the religious. All sorts of people at that cross watching from a distance. And Jesus is saying, listen, there is a joy that was set before me that I can endure this cross. I can despise the shame. I'm going to resurrect from the dead. And I'm going to give these people access to my Father. That I'll be the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. It's very easy to live in our society and live for God from a distance. Oh, no, we don't want to get up close. You know why? Because when we get close to the cross, you know what happens? Our will starts to scream. When we get close to the cross, we might just have to make some decisions that don't feel good. We, we might have to, to go through some painful things when we get close to the cross. Instead of watching from a distance, I believe God wants you to be somebody that embraces it. He says, if you really want to follow me, come on. He says, if you really want to follow me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me daily. At the cross, many of us could be represented at this cross. At the feet of the cross, many of us could be represented See, the breakdown of this event is really simple. It was God's son on the cross. It was a public execution for everyone to see. He's on the cross for our sin, not his. He's on the cross for our sin, not his. He would experience a horrible death, 
being crucified. They would take railroad spikes, nine and a half inches long, and drive them through the hands and the feet of our Savior. He would die of a broken heart. He would die of suffocation upon this cross. See, he's dying so we can live. Come on. He, he, he died so we could live. Luke 23, 49 says this. It says, but all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him, stood at a distance. Here's my goal for you today. It's really simple on this Palm Sunday. Is that you would no longer watch from a distance. That you would no longer watch from a distance, but that you would become fully aware of what Jesus did for you, what he did for you, what he did for your friends, what he did for your family, that he was motivated, motivated by love for God, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not, whoever, whoever, whosoever, everybody that would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. See, that's what this cross is all about. And that, that we would no longer be an onlooker in our relationship when it comes to the cross and our relationship with God and the things of God, but that we would embrace what he has done for us and we would stop the outsider mentality. That we would go all in. Well, I'm at church today, Pastor. It's Palm Sunday. I get it. I understand. I'm thankful but this is not enough for you. Living for Jesus is not once a week. It's all the time, 365. All the time that we live with the perspective that we can have a relationship with God and we can see what he's done and we can look at the, the stripes upon his back and see our healing. That we can look at the crown of thorns and know that we can have peace in our mind and our emotions. We can look at where the spear went through his heart and see the blood that ripped down that we might be dealing with a broken heart but God would heal our heart. We can look down at his feet and see that there is peace. That the journey that he has for us is filled with peace. We can look at his hands and we can say there's love in those hands that he wants to heal and embrace us, not judge us and be the God that would bring us down. No, he's a God that wants to lift us up. At the cross, I'm going to give you a few reminders of what happened at the cross. Number one is this. At the cross, it's a place a price was paid. It can't be earned it's a free gift. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It was a place a price was paid. You can't pay that price, folks. No different than a man drowning out in the middle of the ocean can save himself. No different than that is the same way that you try to pull yourself out of sin. No, you can't earn it. It's something that God freely did, and it was a price that was paid for you. Think about your value. Your value. Think about the value of each person in this room and those that will be here Sunday, that those that will be here on Easter, and those that are yet to come. There is a value that God has placed on you because the value of anything is determined by the price that you're willing to pay. You can go to Ponderosa for steak. Uh-uh. We can go to Jags down in Westchester. There's a price difference. $6.99 all you can eat sirloin or $50 a plate. Amen. 
The value of the stake is determined by what you're willing to pay. It's the same way in our walk with God. We have to realize that Jesus paid an ultimate price, and that's why you're so valuable. At the cross, a price was paid. Secondly, a place at the cross, it's a place where choices are made. There's no neutral at the feet of the cross. There's no neutral at this place. People were making decisions. Think about the centurion. He had to make a decision. He had just crucified the Lord of glory and says, hold on a second. This was a righteous man, so I'm going to praise God. He had to make a decision in front of all of his homies. All, all, all of the guys that had just crucified him, he had to make a decision in that moment. There were those that walked away and made a decision. They were like, it must be over. Peter made that decision. Peter's like, forget this. I'm going back fishing. This is ridiculous. I followed this dude for three years, and he's going to go out here, and he's going to die on this cross. They're going to stick him in a rock, and here I am left. And he told me he wasn't going to leave me nor forsake me. He told me that he would get out of the ground, but for some reason, this isn't working for me. And so you know what? I'm going to go back fishing. There's a decision that was made. There's decisions that you make every single day in reflection of the cross. There's no neutral at the cross. Some will say yes, and some will say no. Some will say yes, and some will say no. Luke 23 says this. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself. But the other criminal rebuked him. Do you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus remembered, and he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I really believe that. And Jesus said this. He said, truly, I, I today will remember you, and you will be with me in paradise. This cross, the guy that was on the cross, that was being sentenced to death, said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Think about the level of faith. The man on the cross knew that Jesus wasn't done yet, that the cross was not the stopping point. The, the man on the cross that was being executed knew this was, this was not it. This was not it. But this had to be, this had to happen. It was required for me to be with you in paradise. And so, Jesus, in my moment of death and desperation, I believe what you're doing. And Jesus said, boy, today you'll be with me in paradise. He raised from the dead, and really, I believe this. He raised from the dead on the third day, and he went to be with his father. I believe there was a guy following him in. It was that, that guy that believed on him. Why? Because there's choices made at the cross, Next week, people will make decisions today. People will make decisions today. Some of you in this room must make a decision to say yes to Christ. Some of you must make a decision to say yes to him. Some of you have been onlookers. You've been looking from a distance, but you've really not embraced all that God has for you. Today will be a decision. There will be decisions made on Easter. Our last story that I want to share with you is of Ryan and Liz. And Ryan, I'll just kind of set this up. Ryan, I believe it was 2015, was at our Easter service here and gave his heart to Jesus. And so I want you to hear Ryan and Liz's story. Hi, everybody. My name is Ryan Moores, and this is my wife, Liz, and this is our story. So 
So, I mean, I grew up in a, a Methodist church, and we went to, my mom made, made us go to Sunday school, but she never made us really go to church afterwards. We could always go home if we wanted. It just seemed like something you did as a growing up. I mean, it wasn't anything, it was important, but it was, it was just that. It was just something you did to be a good person. I came out here, and when I met Liz and her family after we got together, it was the first time that they, they started talking, and it was the first time I ever heard about a relationship with God and the Lord. And, and that, that idea was just an interesting one to me. It was profound, just the idea of a relationship, not just something you did, but, but in an interaction with Him in that way. I went to church with my family. Um, we didn't really have a, a church that we attended until real life as a couple. Um, because we just couldn't find that right fit. I didn't want to go somewhere that was going to make him feel uncomfortable, knowing that he didn't have a relationship with the Lord. But I also wanted to go somewhere that would challenge him to have a relationship with the Lord, and that's what we found at Real Life. We were going and attending Real Life, and then that Easter Sunday, I don't know what it was about that, but I, that talking with Liz and her family just planted some sort of a seed deep inside of me that just needed some sort of spark. And the message that Pastor Jason was preaching that Sunday, I don't know, it just it, it hit that spark in that, that moment, and then I just I had to stand up and, and, and get saved. I can't tr I truly don't know what happened. It was just this is what I need to do. I need to have a relationship, and I need to get that personal feeling going with God. I remember I was standing there worshiping, and all of a sudden he was gone. Like he he stood up and he, it was the Lord was drawing him and nothing was going to stop it. Um, so it was, it was very interesting on my side to see that that was, that was something that, that was happening with him because he's not a very outgoing with his emotions kind of a person. And then there he was doing this miraculous, awesome thing. And he did it with no prompting or no conversation. And this was a decision he chose to make. That Easter Sunday was, it, it wasn't just Easter for Easter's sake. It wasn't like we got dressed up and we were all there for just, you know, the Easter morning service. We were there because that was the day that God called Ryan to a relationship with him. And that was the day that God saved him and changed his life. And so it was not just Easter service with our hats on and going home to eat ham and potatoes and you know, things like that. It, it was it was a very, very special day and will continue to be a special day for us. The level of character that I see in him has changed. The level of vulnerability in him has changed. The level of just his ability to listen to the Lord and what the Lord's speaking and, um, you know, really just his desire to be a better husband and do, you know, be a husband that God wants him to be and be a father that God wants him to be and not just to do it because he's supposed to, but to do it because that's what God's called him to do. Come on, man, give Jesus a great big hand clap for that. <clears throat> Choices are made. Number three, the cross at the cross is a place of new beginning. Some of you, your marriage needs a new beginning. Some, some of you, you need a new beginning with your kids. Some of you just need a fresh start. That happens at the cross. 
See, grace is given at the cross. And I really feel this this morning. Some of your marriages, I sense, are not thriving. And the reason they're not thriving is because you're on two different patterns. You have two different wavelengths. It's really hard to get in agreement with two different wavelengths. Get in agreement about what he did for you. And you will see a new beginning start in your marriage. Some of you, it's vocation. Some of you, it's your heart's broke from people. To the cross, at the cross, is a place of new beginning. Number four, it's a place of hope for the future because it wasn't the stopping point. The resurrection of Jesus, there is a hope for the future. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope, plans to give you a new future. It's a place of hope for the future. And then finally, it's a place of healing. Isaiah 53 tells us, by his stripes, we are healed. This last point this morning, I'm going to move my podium. If I could have the cross put into the middle right here, please. I'm going to give you an opportunity today. Thank you. I'm going to give you an opportunity today to come afresh to the cross. I'm going to give you an opportunity today to experience number six. We're going to finish with this song called Grace to Grace that we already sang. And, and when we see Jesus, we see freedom. Number six is this. It's a place of freedom. The cross is a place of freedom. If you're bound today, it's the cross. If you're addicted today, it's the cross. This is the place of freedom. Though it looks messy, though it looks uh, 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 like death, and it looks like it's, it's disgusting, and, and the thing that happened is so, so horrific, but listen, this is a picture of what sin does to you. This is a picture. The beating that he took is a picture of how sin destroys your life. Thank God for grace and mercy. Thank God for uh, uh, freedom. Thank God for freedom. The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It's a place of freedom. It's a place that your bondage you're set free. It's a place where your mess ups are set free. It's a place where I can't believe what I did again free. It's a, it's a place where you're free from people. It's a, it's a place where you're free from yourself. It's a place where you're free from addiction. It's a place where you're freed from sin. Do you know what this was? At the cross, this was a battlefield for me and you. The cross the crucifixion, the death of Jesus. What was going on on this cross ultimately is he went to battle for you. He went to battle for you to win you back, to set you free so you can walk with him. There's a song that I've been listening to in, in my devotional time, and it goes like this. It's called The Place of Freedom. And it goes like this. It says, there's a calm that covers me. When I kneel down at your feet, it's a place of healing. It's, it's a place 
where I find freedom. There's a place my eyes can't see where my spirit longs to be. It's a place of healing. It's a place I live in freedom. I'm going to lift my hands till I can reach heaven. I'm going to shout your name till the walls come falling down. I've come to worship. I've come to worship. I'm, I'm going to sing my song like I am unashamed. I'm going to shout for joy at the mention of your name. I've come to worship. I've come to worship. What happened that day? There was a lot of watchers. God wants you to be a worshiper. God wants you to be all in. So this morning, if you're at that place, and you say, Jason, I need to come to the cross this morning. And at this cross, you'll find freedom. This is called Real Life Church on Purpose. It doesn't matter if you've been here for seven years, if you've, this is your first time. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment. There's grace and mercy for each and every person in this room. So no matter where you find yourself in life today, if you say today, we're going to sing this song, Grace to Grace. And as we sing it, if you say, Jason, today, I need to make a fresh commitment. I need to start over. I need, I, need, I need a new beginning. I need that addiction broken. I need that healing. I need, to, I need to break that off my life. It's going to take you just making a decision today to say yes to him. So as we sing, if that's you, if you feel in your heart today that you're ready to be all in and stop being a watcher, stop looking from afar, but you're ready to embrace the cross of Jesus today, if that's you as we sing, will you do me a favor? I'm, this is something we don't normally do, but today I want to challenge you. Will you meet me up here today at the cross? Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.